right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. That. You don't got time that. Right? Let's go. Break it. Break it. Let it cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. Hey. And on today's edition of the show, we're going to be joined by Josh Briscoe at 340 to break down the Chiefs NFL draft. We are going to have three RCST trivia matchups coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. And we're going to have a KU mailbag coming up at 5.05. But leading off here, um, so obviously yesterday we didn't really talk about it after the Open, and the reason was because there was no more news about Hunter <laughs> Dickinson. He had his podcast, released it. He did say a few things about KU. But he did. They talked about the visit and some other stuff. He talked about like the Boom Boom Room. He talked about yes. Bill Self. Anytime he gets some good Boom Boom Room talk in there, it's a good day. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was it was pretty uneventful, to be honest. Uh, it was kind of what we talked about that we thought it was just going to be a ploy to get more, you know, podcast listens for him and subscribers and stuff. Um, and one of the notable things, this was pointed out by friend of the show, Scott Chase, and, and I, I think uh, this will, will help carry this conversation we're about to have. <laughs> um, Hunter Dickinson on the video podcast titled, this is the title of it, Hunter Dickinson has an announcement to make said he doesn't know where he wants to go to college. I, I think the exact quote that he gave I'm was, not sure. I'm not sure, yeah, when he was asked. And then he later added, and he's also said, he, he said this like a week or two ago also, I can't deal with this anymore about how exhausting the process is. Hmm. And yet, it's almost like there was a way you could end the process, stop the process. Right. By, I don't know, uh, maybe committing somewhere right that would probably stop the process and so if he's just doing this just to rack up more nil money more power to him but when when you have stuff like that where you know you're like oh i just i'm sick and tired of this like okay then just then just it's not that you have to decide if you're sick and tired of it but you don't have to go on a podcast titled i'm going to make an announcement and then not make an announcement (laughs) and then be like why are all these people asking me about when i'm going to make an announcement (laughs) if you want people to stop asking you when you're going to make an announcement either make the announcement or Stay out of the limelight and wait till you're ready to make the announcement. Well, technically, Does that make sense? we were wrong about okay. our prediction about the announcement. That's being true. Yeah, an announcement. Right? It, he didn't announce anything. There wasn't even Which an announcement even of an announcement. Okay. I was actually fine with if it was going to be an announcement of the announcement <laughs> because then we could start planning shows around like, okay, here's when things are going to ramp up. Here's when we know he's going to decide. And now we still don't know. We have no well, idea how now, he's going to decide when he's going to decide. What's actually worse now is now I think we're in this stage where it it, it feels like every day. Somebody is tweeting, I'm hearing rumblings that Hunter Dickinson can make his announcement today. And that happens every day. What so then at that point, like you don't even know, right? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh it's 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 an interesting situation to say the least. And obviously this is one of the most significant transfers maybe ever. 
I don't know if that's too hyperbolic. I, I don't think it is. I mean, you're talking about a guy who legitimately has like been like all a first-team all-conference, first, yes. all-American level player. First-team all-American. And will have those expectations wherever he goes next. So, no, yes. I, I don't think that is that crazy. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we, we kind of talked about it a little bit yesterday, but at what point does the circus and the, you know, just the, the runaround, at what point does it cross the line of being like, Okay, yeah, you're having your fun, but like get get to it, right? Like yeah. make a decision. And it, even off air, we kind of we kind of had briefly had this discussion about is there a point at which KU would be like, "You know what, man? Like we're done." Or we're, you know, this is this is getting out of hand, like you got to enough with the enough with the crap, right? I don't I don't know if that would happen, right? Cuz on one hand, it's like if Hunter Dickinson wants to delay and delay and like it go this this thing goes into like the summer, which I think would be worst case scenario at this point, and I'm not saying that's going to happen, or I'm not saying it's even likely, but like, what if it does? What if he does end up delaying? You know, there's there's like a maybe behind the scenes, it's some kind of bidding war. There's something else going on that kind of makes it continue to be a back and forth. Well, at what point would KU say like, hey man, like we, you know, we've we've got some guys on our team right now that. We don't know if they're going to be in the transfer portal or not. They have until May 11th, which is now, by the way, eight days. And we need to set our roster. We need to know what we're working with before June, July, right? I I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know if they would just go to him and say, "Hey, listen, man, either you need to pick Kansas right now or we're out." I don't know if they. I don't know if they would do that, and I don't know if they would really necessarily have the bargaining power to do that, right? Because at the end of the day, he is the biggest, one of the biggest commitments. Potentially, you know, certainly out of the transfer portal, and in terms of in the history of Bill Self, we talked about it. Andrew Wiggins comes to mind, but besides that, like this is a very, very, very big deal for Kansas. But how long can they afford to play this game and wait around and wait around? They've already been, they already we think have been slow playing other recruits in basically in terms of trying to wait and see what Dickinson does and. That has maybe kind of hurt them in the past a little bit with some guys, but I don't know. Like, at what point, at what point do you draw a line in the sand and say, "Yes, you're this good. Yes, we're willing to do this much. We're willing to offer this much, but we're not going to sit here and just let you play around and have some fun as the most hotly talked about commodity in college basketball." At some point, we got to we got to look introspectively at our team and say, "Okay, we need to we need to figure out what our team's going to look like." Yeah, I, I think those are all fair questions um, that you obviously do still have time, like the NBA Combine and, and all yeah. those decisions yeah. still haven't come. But you're right. There is a certain time where it's like, OK, it's going to be kind of put up or shut up. And, and uh, something yeah, yeah. you talked about yesterday was you said the line has not been crossed yet, <laughs> but we're getting there. The the line being my, crossed. My personal line. Yes. 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 Of feeling um, like just. Dude, it's taking too long. You're being toyed with. Yeah, cut the crap, man. Like, dude, whatever. Like, I just, yeah, I don't care about your stupid eye emoji tweets. I don't care about your stupid, oh, I have a big announcement on my podcast. Yeah, I don't, dude, I don't care, okay? And I'm not going to watch your podcast, all right? Sorry. I won't even watch the podcast if it comes to Kansas. I'm sorry, okay? I'm just not going to, all right? That's just how it is, mm-hmm. okay? And I, I, I don't, I, I have been... I have been very, very adamant and very consistent with this stuff. I really, really hate that stuff. I really don't like it. Hate's a strong word, but I, it's true. I don't like that stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I really didn't like it when, when guys like OBJ were doing it. I, didn't, I don't like it with DeAndre Hopkins. 
And yeah, I'm starting to get tired of it with Hunter Dickinson. Like to a, at a certain point, like you've milked it for all it's worth. Okay. Like I get it. You want to parade around and have some fun, knock yourself out. Okay. But when it gets down to it, at some point, you just got to make your decision and get ready to go to work. And I think you brought up a great point. I think off the air a little bit about how, at what point does this whole thing maybe start to affect other players' attitudes yeah. towards Hunter Dickinson or yeah, towards so what's going on? So I have been all aboard this whole time of like, just be patient. Like, who cares? Whatever happens, like, just get him. He's a good player. Like, Bill Self figures out the locker room. They'll get all that stuff worried. But the more this goes, and the more you start to, because. You know, as much as we knew about Hunter Dickinson because he's he was a good player, but like we didn't, we're not, you're not in the same conference as him. You don't know some of the little stuff. And and once people start getting to know, like, okay, well, what what is up with this podcast? Is just a podcast he's on? Like, okay, big whoop. <laughs> but then you see the podcast of that what they're doing, and it's these two kind of like excuse, I don't know, like, two kind of d bags with him on this podcast that, <laughs> uh, like, it's just. I'm not gonna go that far, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's just kind of like. A lot of people, I think, were turned off after they saw the podcast, maybe for the first time yesterday, and is like, "Really? Like this is <laughs> this is the guy here?" And like, I, I guess I don't want to be too mean because also at the same point in time, if Hunter Dickinson announces right now, if he announces tomorrow, if he announces on on Friday, whatever, and he picks Kansas, he picks Kansas, and it's like it's hunky dory. We're gonna it's have exciting and, shows about yes, it. It's we're gonna sunshine talk and about rainbows. It. Exactly, exactly. It's we're gonna national talk about, championship. Yes, how good he's gonna be. How good the team's gonna be, and and all that I I think is understandable. But I, I think it is natural to, I guess, have this frustrated. conversation. Just be frustrated. But, but maybe to even have this conversation now of that, what you were just talking about. Because if it's, if it's rubbing you or me the wrong way, or, you know, I know there's probably a lot of KU fans. They might be listening to this and going, ah, I don't really care. There's probably a lot of KU fans who are also listening to this going like, yeah, I, I do think it is kind of it's, rubbing it's, me the wrong well, way. It's almost like it's almost like an Alice in Wonderland type thing. Like, how deep down the rabbit hole do you really want right, to go right. with this stuff? And, and if it's rubbing some of us the wrong way, a locker room in sports tends to be a a, a, a representation sometimes yeah. of society. It can be a, micro, a, can be a microcosm exactly. of, yeah. But that... You know, sometimes we almost get to the point where we're, you're thinking about a locker room and you're like, oh, they're all on the same page. They all like the same movies and TV shows. And it's like, no, they don't. They, not everybody always gets along even on the same page. Yeah, I right? mean, you want a team to be a, one, a cohesive unit, right. but, you know, there's there's different there's personalities. There's different. Yeah, there is. Yeah, it's, 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 that's natural. And so if, if me and you and some KU fans are and some K, KU fans aren't having, I don't know, second thoughts probably is too, too strong. Yeah, too strong but, a word. Um, having palpitations maybe about like <laughs> the the other stuff that the around the, the the dog and pony show and to be clear um i don't think this is nearly as big of a deal as should like the off the court stuff be like you know someone else but um yep. you know if we're having it then you know there's people in the ku locker room who are having those same conversations maybe not everyone but you know there are probably a couple players sitting there going man do we really want to deal with this and there are probably a couple players in that ku locker room who are sitting there going Wait, we saw the reported number, two years, $4 million. Whether that's true or not, remember the Miami situation that happened last year? Nigel Pack, the big number that went out there, is two years, $800,000 for Nigel Pack to go to Miami. He goes to Miami, and afterwards, Isaiah Wong, who was on the on the team that went to the Elite Eight the year before and, and actually had the success with the team, goes, wait a minute, you're paying this guy that, and I'm coming back on the team, and I had a lot of success— what are you going to do about me? And he entered the transfer portal. Basically as a hold you hostage situation to be like, 
you better take care of me the way you took care of him because I have been through this with you guys. Who knows if there's a couple players on KU who, not necessarily that level, like maybe they'd be like, okay, I understand I'm not like an All-American like he is, but if you're giving him that much and that much attention, why can't I do this or that? And I'm not saying that would be a factor or or maybe that KU couldn't overcome that or that it wouldn't yeah, necessarily I mean, it, cause factions in This could all in easily be water under the bridge could come be. January, February. It could be, but that is a hell of a risk to take. It really is. If it ta- if it if right if this keeps going, and it is a risk you still take because he is that good. He would come yes. in. He would be the best player that's, on your team. Yeah, he could be one of the best that's players. That's the flip in the side of this, right? It's like again, it's not like he is a top five guy mm-hmm. or a you know whatever, right? He is top one, the one, the only one that can bring this level of play to your team, and so that's why you do see, obviously, the, the premier programs: KU, Kentucky, Villanova, going after him heavily. But at the same time, where does it end? Right. I th- I like that Alice in Wonderland reference that you made. Like how how, how far is this going? How go? far are you willing to go? Right. How far are you willing to go? I am almost to the point, and I said yesterday. I sat there. I I don't care if this announcement takes another month. I I I really don't. It's not about that to me. It is about the other stuff. It is. It it's starting to get to me where I'm sitting there going, <laughs> like what? Okay. What if, what if this is also part of it? What if Hunter Dickinson, you know. Um, coming to Kansas, talent-wise, makes them the number one, number two team in the country. But in terms of togetherness and and all that other you know jazz that sometimes gets over cliched and whatnot, makes them be like a not very good team to where they're just like one of those three or four seeds. And then at that point, then you have alienated yeah. some of your current players for future years. Well, you listen, know, like I mean, the mo- the teams with the most talent don't always win. Because that's not the thing that always necessarily matters the most. The team chemistry aspect, the the your guys getting along, you know, how well do you mesh on the floor? Yeah, that stuff matters. And if well, it didn't matter, the most talented teams would win every year, but they don't. I, I had a thought pop in my mind last night, and it was just a question I'm going to ask you. I'm not going to say okay. I'm going to answer this or whatnot. <laughs> okay. If Kansas landed Hunter Dickinson, yes, you would be talking about a team with not a lot of returning guys, not a lot of guys that the program has grown accustomed to or has grown, you know, your, yeah. your fan bonds with of guys who stick around for a long time. Two. Right. So you wouldn't have that. Um, and yeah, you're right. There would be the exception of like Dewan and, and KJ and mostly Dewan there. But for the most part, it's not one of those teams that you know like everyone. So a lot of kind of mercenaries coming in as transfers. You would have the past of Arterio Morris. You would have the pomp and circumstance around Hunter Dickinson, would this be one of the most, maybe not for KU fans because you're still probably rooting for the team regardless, would this be one of the most or the most unlikable Bill Self team that he's had at Kansas if that was the case? Mm. I'm not going to answer that. I just thought of it last night and was like, huh, maybe. Yeah. It's I think, and does I mean, it matter? An, I don't an, know. Maybe not. From an outside perspective. Probably. Yes. The, the Morris twins from an outside perspective – a lot of people didn't like them because they were tosh, talking trash and a lot of stuff like that. But, like, I don't know, man. This would probably be it from an outside perspective. Again, if you're a KU fan, you're probably rooting for them one well, way or another. Yeah. Well, I can assure you this way. If Hunter Dickinson goes to Kansas, I can assure you that the Kentucky fans of the world, the Maryland fans of the world, the Villanova fans of the world, they automatically don't like <laughs> aren't, aren't going to like this, the team just because of that reason alone. Yeah. Right? So, uh, I don't know, maybe. And you have, you have Nick Timberlake. That sharpshooting three-point guy that people love to dislike. 
Uh, yeah, it it could be. It could be. I think from the KU fan perspective, right? Like, let let me let's put it this way: from the KU fan perspective, let's say the team with Hunter Dickinson, whatever, what you just outlined. Let's say they don't quite gel properly, and maybe they don't win the Big Twelve regular season. They get like a two seed, and they lose in like the second round. Definitely the most forgettable team, probably under Bill Self, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but again, if they if they perform well and they win the national championship, then obviously, boom, instantly, none of that other stuff matters. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it depends. I mean, we've seen just from RCSD trivia, like there are definitely some some years where KU fans have a bit of selective amnesia of what happened, of who was on those teams, things like that. You know, teams where there wasn't as many guys that were memorable or that were quote unquote program guys, or where Kansas had a lower seed. And you know, got knocked out in the in the second round or the first round, whatever. Like, yeah, there are some years like that, and this team could definitely fall in that category if they underperform, if things don't work out, you know, the way it looks like they should with the talent, and they you know have an early terminate exit. Absolutely, this team would would certainly be probably at or near the top of that list because again, they don't have any real program guy, very many program guys. They've got a lot of transfers. They've got already kind of the undercurrent of some other things going on around them. Yeah, could be. There'd be a lot of pressure involved because of all that kind of pomp and circumstance. There is a part of me that, because this stuff has, I, I don't know what it was. Yesterday, I, I was calm, cool, yes, and collected. Yeah, yesterday, you were fine. Because I, I, went, on I, a rant, I went on a rant yesterday, and you were yeah. like, nah, man, it's fine. Maybe you got to me. Because 24 hours later, I'm like, oh, it's, uh, are we crossing that line? <laughs> because there, there is... I don't think... I Listen, I am approaching the line. I think you would take like more crap and more delay until like June for me to get over the line. See, and for me, it's not even about the delay. It's about the crap part it's about of it. About the crap. And so if, if there's, there's not, if there's no more crap, if if Hunter Dick yeah, can't just goes July just to goes call, I'm radio like, okay, silence for the next month. Yeah, nothing, nothing. Mm-hmm. And then he, you know, commits in first week of June. You'd be fine with that. Yeah, I think so. Um, there's a part of me too that was asking this question this morning. Would I have Mackenzie and Baco number one on the KU list? Like in terms of who to go after, even ahead of Hunter Dickinson. Clearly from like a talent and what he adds, it's Dickinson, but just asking the questions. <laughs> yeah, I'm not giving no. answers here. Just Dickinson asking. is one. Okay. And Baco's two. For now. For now, see? What? So you left it open. <laughs> you left it open. Well, I'm the because one here's the thing. I'm the one that was leading the train of I'm tired of all this BS. I know. It's a, Hunter Dickinson is a better player or will have a bigger impact in terms of the stats and the numbers and all that stuff at his next school. But if the difference of, uh, between adding Hunter Dickens, and, and again, we don't know this would happen for sure. It's just a, well, a risk you're taking. The problem with Mbako is that he more than likely would be a one and done. Sure. But the risk you're taking with Dickinson is that he's this unbelievable player. Does it cause any factions in the locker room? If you bring on Mbako, it's like the risk is he could just be like an MJ Rice type freshman where it doesn't work out. But the reward is he's a top 10 pick and you have him on your team. Um, but it's at a lesser chance that it causes factions in the locker room. And is that worth anything? Is that worth anything to you? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how much that's worth. We're not is that enough also, to make you know, number we're, one? We're not in the locker room. Maybe no. everybody with KU is fine with it. Yeah, with maybe, maybe, maybe you know, Dewan fine. Harris is sitting there salivating going, man, I'd love to have that big man I can play pick and pop with and yeah. throw it to in the post. Who cares about the rest? We have no answers on that. It's just a risk you got to take. Uh, he's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Josh Briscoe will join the show in about 15 minutes. But uh, coming up next, Joel Embiid, one MVP last night. Let's discuss.
Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Joined now by Josh Briscoe here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. And uh, Josh obviously had a busy week last week covering the NFL draft with all of his different uh, publications and work. Co-host of The Zone on uh, 810 in Kansas City. Arrowhead Report on SI Now. And Time's Ours on The Athletic. You can give him a follow at JB Briscoe on Twitter. Uh, so I want to talk a lot of draft with you today, Josh. And, you know, for me and Nick, we were talking about the draft on Monday. And the word we kept coming back to to sum it up for the Chiefs was that, you know, it wasn't as great as it was last year when not only did it turn out to be great, but I remember even as soon as in the aftermath, people were saying it was a great draft. But I don't think it was like a terrible draft either. And I, I guess I, I was looking like the athletic ranked all the people's draft class and the Chiefs were 27th of 32. So maybe that does mean they thought it was bad. But the word that we used was fine. It was just fine. What word would you use to sum up the Chiefs 2023 draft? Oh, man, if I got to get to one word, I've been really good at using a lot of words to just oh, really good, to I guess, subjective. But I've been OK, I think, using a lot of words to describe this draft class. I I think, all right, here's my word. I haven't given this any previous thought. I think this is a useful draft class. (laughs) I think that's where I would go. Um, Because to your point, like in the rankings and and even comparing it to last year, last year it seemed like Brett Veach downloaded Pro Football Focus's big board and then just used that for his picks. Um, (laughs) And they were lining up really well with the consensus big boards, you know, sort of the um, amalgamation of all of the public big boards that we get to see and, and see where the teams end up finding value. People all over the place thought the Chiefs were finding value last year, and I, I think that makes sense, and their actual performance in that draft class really looked that way as well. This year, as you mentioned, 27th is a spot I've seen on one of the value rankings. You mentioned the athletics rankings. Uh, some value chart I saw had the Chiefs dead last. I don't remember where that one was actually coming from. And I, I think it's important, like you set up, to acknowledge both sides of that and to figure out kind of what went differently why is why is this an outlier or was last year an outlier and it really wasn't because people had some similar thoughts about 2021 as well and i i am the type of 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 analyst i I suppose for lack of a better word who does care about things like value and consensus and if did you overpay for something you didn't need to overpay for and yet i am not at all particularly bothered by the quote-unquote reaches of this draft class and I think that's because these are all at premium positions. Like they may have been reaching, I'm again back in air quotes, they may have been reaching over some guards or linebackers or safeties, even um, interior offensive linemen altogether, quarterbacks, obviously, places where the Chiefs didn't need to invest. And in, in years past, you have seen the Chiefs spend premium positions on linebacker, a center, running back, linebacker, just one, you know, their first and second picks back in 21 and in, in 20. So this year, you see them double dip at defensive end, trade up to invest in, in Rasheed Rice at wide receiver. Wanya Morris could be a great value if he does continue his upward trajectory as an offensive tackle. So for me, it's, it's an interesting uh, little angle to take from a, a value perspective to where I understand you can say, hey, some of these guys might have been there if they didn't trade up. I would certainly hear you out on that. And maybe some of these guys juxtaposed to their peers you know, consensus-wise, we're, we're ranked lower than most. But ultimately, they invested at the right spots, and, and I think that, to me, is more important than specific positions. That's always kind of been my draft demo anyway. Is there any? Would you put any credence into my tinfoil hat theory about Felix and Yudike Uzama? Like, normally in a normal draft where it wasn't in Kansas City, 
Would the Chiefs have traded mm. down out of the first to collect more picks and tried to take him in the, the mid to late 30s or early 40s as opposed cool. to okay. if the draft is in Kansas City? Yeah, it's fascinating because Brett Veach talked about this um, right after the uh, the first round that I was out there at Arrowhead, and he straight up said, hey, not only did they make calls to move up, they were taking calls to move down. And, and I think that I, I am probably around for a little bit of the conspiratorial side of it where, you know, Clark Hunt's out there ready to address the pick with all the Lombardi trophies. But if you go back and watch the actual uh, draft broadcast, I don't think those Lombardis came out until they were like less than five minutes left on the draft clock. And I, I think here's my my little tinfoil addition is that those those Lombardis weren't coming out right away because they weren't sure that they were making those picks. They didn't want to uh, sheepishly sort of sweep those uh, Lombardis off the stage after they traded back. So I, I think that the the listening to trade back calls was legitimate. And to what Veach said back on Thursday night, if they would have moved back to forty one, or he was even talking about the mid forties, you end up being in a little bit of a, of an interesting tension where are you going to start using picks to move back up into the early 30s? You know, Are you looking at 34 or 35 if you're worried that Felix is going to go? Or there's another little chunk of those edge rushers that, that you really like that you don't think is going to be there wherever you traded back to? Um, I, I, again, I'm typically like, I am team get more darts, get more bites at the apple, move back a little bit for the sake of an extra pick later on, which is uh, you know contrary to what they did later in the draft as well. But um, in in that particular spot, I, I really do think Brett Veach kind of passed my sniff test on, did you guys really look for the best value? And I kind of think staying at 31 is about all you had. Well, I'm looking down at my notes here, and it says that some team in the NFL signed Odell Beckham Jr. and then drafted Zay Flowers. So that must have been the, the cheat. Wait, <laughs> Nick's telling me it was the Ravens, not the Chiefs. Uh, Josh, are you at all weirded out by the Chiefs being oddly comfortable with the collection of receivers they have that seems like a lot of useful players to use that word again and a lot of depth there, yeah. but maybe doesn't have that number one guy. I think I came to terms with that after the Odell signing and I wasn't, I mean, I'm, I may have started coming to terms with it before the Odell signing. Um, and then when it seemed like DeAndre Hopkins was going to be on the move there as well, because here's, here's the, this also kind of led into my, I know we didn't get to talk right before the draft, I was doing 900 things, but my, my kind of pre-draft logic for why the Chiefs were not going to take a first-round receiver or move up to get one, even though I think they made the calls to do that, was that it seems like it's usually guys who have been in the league. It's going to be after you've been in the league for a year, and ideally with Andy Reid for a year. Canarius Tony will have a, a little bit of a leg up from his previous experience, now half a year in an offseason with the Chiefs, but I really think they're putting the pressure on Sky Moore, and you got to decide if you like that better or not. I am lukewarm, I suppose. Um, on betting on Tony and Sky being the two guys that take huge steps and ultimately kind of fulfill that role. I don't, if they would have taken Quentin Johnston at 31, if he would have been there, if they would have moved up for Zay Flowers, I, I still, I think, would have been 80% in the camp of don't expect this guy to be the number one guy in year one. It's just not something that's going to come from a rookie in Andy Reid's offense. And, and that's true for Rasheed Rice to just about as big of an extent. So I remain worried about that position, but it's not really because they didn't go get one of the, the top receivers this year, because short of maybe Jackson Smith and Jigba because of his route running and, and seeming as pro-ready as anybody, I don't know that anybody else in this class was going to end up being more important in 2023 specifically than Sky Moore or Canarius Tony. Which of the Chiefs draft picks do you feel like has the best chance to get a load of playing time in week one. Felix is going to play in week one. 
But he's not going to have to start in week one unless something kind of wacky happens. And I think that's exactly what the Chiefs wanted. Um, George Karloff just needed to start week one, play week one, and then play every other week after that as many snaps as humanly possible. And, and Felix is going to be able to be a rotational part of the defense right away. Um, and then I think if you wanted to go even to say who has the best chance to start, you could say Felix. I think there's some chance it's Wanye Morris, and that just really depends on what training camp looks like. And they have a legit battle between him and Lucas Niang now, which is a, a wonderful thing to feel a little bit of confidence there and those guys going head-to-head and then having a, a competent swing tackle behind him. Uh, so as far as the day three picks go, you know, those are the ones that aren't going to be as sexy and, and you don't have a sure fire of a feel about how their their playing time, their role is going to work out. We've obviously seen the Chiefs have a ton of success with those day three defensive backs, and they have two of them in this class. Uh, is there anything that sticks out to you the most about day three? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna forego a chance to talk about the Chiefs and day three defensive backs, so I can talk about the uh, the the absolute steal. I say with a little bit of uh, of sarcasm, just because you know six round picks are hard to steal. But I am legit excited about Keandre Coburn. Um, huge, huge man out of Texas and can be a legitimate contributor, I think, right away. Could have potentially been an answer even for a week one starting, but really as a long-term investment also. He, he might be the pinnacle of the useful picks of this draft because I don't know if you're going to see many Coburn jerseys at Arrowhead. I don't know that he's going to end up making a lot of waves on a national scale. But as he said when he was drafted, I can't believe I'm about to play next to Chris Jones. I'm excited for him to play next to Chris Jones. Will he ever get significant push as a pass rusher? I don't know. And frankly, I don't really care because the Chiefs needed a little bit more beef on that interior defensive line. He is not a Chris Jones replacement or anything remotely uh, getting close to that. But he can be a rotational piece with Derek Nottie right now, who's back on a one-year deal. Colin Saunders left in free agency, got a nice bag from the Saints. Tershawn Wharton, coming off injury, back on a one-year deal as well. Right now, or at least when Keandre Coburn signs his rookie contract, he will be the only interior Chiefs tack- defensive lineman, the only defensive tackle the Chiefs had who was under contract in 2024 and beyond. Everyone else has one year left on their deals or just signed one-year deals. So he's a guy who should be on this roster for the next several years that you hope becomes Derek Nottie, who's, I think, fallen out of favor a little bit because, you know, a third-round pick back in 2018, the guy who they took after Breland Speaks, like Derek Nottie is the – the shining jewel of that draft class, dead serious. Um, and, and you know, he, he has a ceiling on his impact as a player. But if Coburn can begin to work into a Derek Nottie-like role, um, that's a huge win from pick 194. And, and to be able to have somebody you can throw in there now and you're not playing kind of that rotating game of Brandon Williams and Danny Shelton and some of the others, you have that guy on a late rookie contract now who can be here for a few years. That's a really nice pick in my book. All right, uh, you good for another episode of Good Idea, Bad Idea? It's my favorite thing in the world. Of course, I'm ready for it. <laughs> okay, first up, uh, if Rashi Rice does not work out and Sky Moore cannot have that big turnaround after a slower rookie season, which makes sense, obviously, in, in Andy Reid's scheme and everything, um, Good Idea, Bad Idea, blocking Brett Veach from making any second-round receiver draft moves. <laughs> Uh, I'll even add another qualifier: second round wide receivers from smaller schools. Yeah, I think I think you get two swings and you're out. I don't need a third strike. I think that's a good idea. Well, McCole Hardman too. Yeah, no, you're right. That's a good. Well, point. Again, useful um, player, useful player, but again, useful, with all the receivers yeah. that went around him. 
No, you're right. I'm 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 here for that. I think it's a good idea to say, okay, second round can't be on a wide receiver anymore if these two guys don't work out. Come call me back in two years and we'll we'll see if he has those privileges. Right now his privileges are on hold, perhaps. Uh, congratulations as part of this good idea, bad idea. You are now in the future. You have been dropped into the future. Um, AI and bees have now taken over the world, but that's uh, a separate point. Uh, Brett Veach continues to thrive as Chiefs general manager, and he wants to make a trade for one of the former 2023 first-round picks that hasn't played that well. Good idea, bad idea? Oh, great idea. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, a seventh-round pick for uh, – oh, boy. Well, now I now I feel a deep desire to figure out who exactly it's going to be. Um <laughs> Because I feel like we can call this shot now in three years from now when they send a sixth-round pick to the Jets for Will McDonald. They will have called it this far in advance. <laughs> the the corner for the Giants they drafted from Maryland. I can't remember his name. Uh, Deontay, Deontay Banks. Banks. Yeah. Nope, you're right. Oh, Banks. Deontay Banks, you are a future <laughs> chief. Absolutely. I love that. Great call. Yeah, maybe that's just from the DeAndre Baker. It just sounds too similar. Um, good idea, exactly. bad idea. The Chiefs not picking up the fifth-year option, which this one did happen on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yep. Yeah, it's the right idea, but I, I know that this is, this is a bizarre, I guess, face turn for my character. Um, but they, they should not have picked up a fifth-year option, or they, they, which is the correct thing that they did. They also don't need to cut him yesterday. Like This this running back room is, is relatively interesting at this point. Um, with, with the inclusion of the UDFA, they grabbed Jared McKinnon's back, and obviously it's Pacheco's room now. Um, I, I kind of like the running back room. I think Clyde can still be useful in this offense, so I think this will be his last year as a chief but it doesn't it doesn't need to start any earlier than it needs to well now that we have all these conversations about the chiefs receiver room and everything uh the chief's still trading for deandre hopkins good idea bad idea so i don't know that i would have said it was a good idea even like a month or two ago and now i kind of think it might be because the draft picks are a year later it would be i think at this point just barely preceding the cardinals potentially cutting him which i Still doesn't make a ton of sense to me, but if if the draft comes and goes and the Cardinals have to reevaluate their price tag on DeAndre Hopkins, that is exactly when I would want to be in on those trade calls. So maybe kind of a good idea, depending on how low that price can get. All right, and the last one, AI is actually currently being tested in Austin at the University of Texas to be used to translate people's thoughts into text messages. So, oh, awesome. uh, oh, yeah, off of that, using AI to call plays into Patrick Mahomes quicker so he doesn't have to keep <laughs> calling for the play and, and you know, making those motions. Um, I'm going to say bad idea because I've seen enough of the AI-generated stuff in the last couple of months. I understand sort of the um, broad enthusiasm for uh, for its potential. I also think I'd rather have uh, flesh and bones Andy Reid. Just go ahead and say it into the into the microphone. I'll say this. Why Can we get the microphones that don't sound like absolute nonsense? They, they are basically out here with those tiny mics from the TikToks strapped onto a massive headset with the tiniest speakers you've ever seen that are like, you ever have one of those beanies that had the speakers yes. built into it for headphones? <laughs> yeah. uh, that is exactly how old we are, I think, is that that was like the coolest thing in the world. That's the speaker Patrick Mahomes had. that AirPod in there, and let's get going. Yeah, I remember that and like hoodies that had it and like even backpacks yes. and stuff. I wonder if Nick's a few oh, years I, younger I than me. Do you have any idea? I, I, yeah, okay. I know. Yeah, yeah. I know about the backpacks <laughs> okay. and the hoodies. The beanies, I, I am questioning. The beanies are like I, I had one that I would like wear going outside to shovel, and uh, you rock some rock some tunes. Some some Reliant K came through those beanie headphones for me, no doubt. 
<laughs> he is Josh Briscoe. You can uh, find him on Twitter at JV Briscoe. Hear him coast to the zone on 810 in Kansas City. Arrowed report on SI Now and Times Hours on The Athletic. Josh, I appreciate the time, man. Have a good rest of your day. Happy to do it. You guys are my number one overall pick. Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, KLWN.com, and the KLWN app, or you're listening on the Best of RCST podcast. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. We have three RCST trivia matchups on today's episode of the show. A 5-12 matchup between Kevin Jacob and Brad Wandell to lead us off. That'll be followed by Skylar Johnson and Ty Roel, the 7-10 matchup, and then Aaron Mayer against Chris Conway. We'll have two more matchups Thursday, two more matchups coming at you on Friday. RCST Trivia is brought to you by Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, River at Print and Skate, Mini Jerseys, Jayhawk Trophy, Homefield Apparel, Sporting KC2, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash. Next trivia question. What Windows and Doors provider has been serving Kansas since 1957? The answer, your locally owned and operated Pella Windows and Doors of Kansas with six showrooms across the state from Lawrence to Dodge City. Got a Windows or Doors project? Pella Kansas is here, locally owned and proudly serving Jayhawks for over 65 years with Windows and Doors solutions for every home and any budget. Schedule your free consultation at PellaKansas.com, PellaKS.com. 65 years, man. That puts them back, what, to, gosh, gosh, this is where my math is coming in, like 58. So right around the Wilt Chamberlain days. That's, they, they stuck around because they're good. So check them out, Pella Windows and Doors. All right, so uh, our first matchup of the day is a 5-12 matchup. This is in the Johnny's Tavern region, where actually all three of our matchups today are in the Johnny's Tavern region. The winner of this one, Kevin Jacob, Brad Wandell, is going to face the winner of our last matchup today between Aaron Mayer and Chris Conway. So let's go ahead and get into our first matchup of the day. So we've got a 5-12 matchup here between Kevin Jacob, who has gone 3-2 and all-time on trivia matchups. He's 12-4 and in question, so really good numbers there. Made a sizzling 16 before. Brad Wandell is making his basketball trivia debut today. He uh, was in the football trivia last year and most notably upset Ryan Goodwin in like an overtime matchup. So we know Brad knows his stuff. We'll see how he does here on the basketball end of things. Kevin, let's start with you. This is your third appearance in trivia all-time. You have that one sizzling 16 under your belt. What are your expectations for this go-around? I'd hope to do the same or better. Obviously, I didn't play last year, um, so it's been a couple years. Hopefully, I'm not too rusty. And, uh, you know, hopefully, same or better for me. Well, Brad, you're, you're making your basketball debut here. Do you feel like you have more knowledge of basketball or football for KU? Uh, you know, it's pretty close. Uh, I would have probably said football going into the football one, but I was hit or miss on that. I had a couple good performances and a couple not so good ones where I embarrassed myself. So that's what we're trying to avoid today. Win or lose, just make sure I don't show out poorly. Well, we've had several other uh, newcomers to this event who have experienced the part of this where you know if you're listening to this you might easily be able to shout out the answer but once you're actually on the clock once you're up you feel the pressure and maybe you have like a brain fart or you have trouble kind of thinking of it but you've at least done football so do you feel like you're better prepared because of football for this uh i'm hoping so but we'll find out i've also listened to the previous matchups so you know we'll see i i've done well on some parts i've done poorly on some other parts so it's all about the luck of the question and the luck of the questions that Kevin gets as well. So 
Looking yep. forward to it. Yeah, that's, that's part of the randomness of this event. Uh, Kevin, uh, for you, um, is there, I don't know, I, I promise you all the questions are, are already preordained, so um, you answering this next question won't have any effect on that, but uh, I feel like when I've asked this before, that has ended up coming up, so I don't know if, if you want to just no comment this, but is there one type of category of question that you are most dreading in this event? I think like a lot of people, jersey numbers are not my strongest. Uh, and I I came into being a KU fan late 80s, early 90s, like a lot of people. So anything from the 70s is pretty hit and miss for me. So uh, neither of those, I, I don't think that's new. I think a lot of people have that same kind of weakness that I do. So we'll just see what I get. Yeah, that has been a uh, common theme so far. That's for sure. All right, well, let's get into the matchup here. Uh, Brad, you are the lower seed is the 12. So you have the option. Do you want to go first or second? We'll go first. All right, so Brad's up first. That means Kevin is up second, and we'll start in the really easy category of questions. First up for you, Brad, coached by Bob Huggins, what team known as the Mountaineers did Kansas beat in the 2023 Big 12 Tournament quarterfinals? West Virginia. That is right. West Virginia was KU's Big 12 Tournament quarterfinal win. That was without Bill Self, but they were able to get through and uh, an impressive win at that. Pretty good West Virginia team. Ended up, what, they were an eight seed in the Big 12 tournament and like an eight seed in the NCAA tournament. All right, uh, on to you, Kevin, your first question. Coached by TJ Otzelberger, what team known as the Cyclones did Kansas beat in the 2023 Big 12 tournament semifinals? Iowa State. Iowa State is the correct answer as well. The Cyclones and then uh, things did not go well after that game, but a couple wins under Norm Roberts for KU in the Big 12 tournament. And just like that, we move up to the easy round of questions. We go back to you, Brad. What seed was Kansas in the 2010 NCAA tournament when they uh, lost in the second round to Northern Iowa? Number one seed. That's right. They were a number one seed at that. They were also the number one overall seed, and uh, that was not a fun one to finish, that's for sure. All right, back to you, Kevin. Your easy round question. What seed was Kansas the next season in the 2011 NCAA tournament when they lost to VCU in the Elite Eight? Also a one seed. That's right. I think that time they were the number two overall one seed, but yes, still a one seed, and that one certainly stings for uh, a lot of other reasons with the bracket kind of breaking open and whatnot. All right, you guys knocked out the first two rounds rather quickly and easily. We're going to move things up a level to the medium round of questions, and we go back to you, Brad. Brad, despite trailing 45-30 to 30 at halftime, Kansas won 69-67 to 67 in their Big 12 opener this past season against what school? Big 12 opener. <laughs> Oh, geez, that's a tough one. 45 to 30. 10 seconds. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure it's wrong, but I'm going to go Oklahoma State. Well, that is not wrong. That is right. Oklahoma State oh. is the correct answer. That was, uh, I want to say it was either New Year's Day or New Year's Eve. It was the Big 12 opener, down 15 at half. Able to come from behind. Kevin McCuller made a big block from behind at the end of the game. And KU came out victorious. All right, Kevin, for you, you got to hit this to keep this matchup alive and move us to the hard round. Kevin, despite trailing 45-32 to 32 at halftime, 
Kansas won 87-71 with college game day in town against what Big 12 school earlier this season? I was actually at this game. It was Baylor. It was Baylor, and uh, that was certainly a fun one. I mean, almost trailing by as much as Oklahoma State, except they won it by 16. Unbelievable how quickly they overcame that deficit and turned it into a victory. All right, we got a great first matchup of our day here. We're already moving to the hard round of questions, and we're going to go back to you, Brad. The 1982 to 1983 season was the final season for what Kansas head coach? Uh, I'm going to go Ted Owens. Ted Owens is the correct answer. That is a big hit right there. His final season. And just like that, the pressure once again on Kevin. Your hard question. Kevin, the 1955 to 1956 season was the final season for what Kansas head coach? Fog Allen. Fog Allen is the correct answer. A little more name notoriety with Fog Allen than Ted Owens, but he was obviously further back, so that's why we balanced those questions out. Wow, what a matchup. We're heading to the really hard round. These are those those uh, tough 5-12 matchups. This has uh, probably been our toughest of the 5-12 so far. Brad, back to you we go into the really hard round of questions. KU won 16 games in the 1946-1947 season. Eight of them were credited to Fog Allen. The other eight were credited to what coach and former KU All-American after Allen was ordered to take a health rest? <sighs> I don't think it's right, so I'm just going to throw out Dick Harp. Dick Harp is unfortunately incorrect. The correct answer is Howard Engelman played was an all-american and then took over as an interim coach for a little bit of time there howard engelman the correct one there all right that's a tough one but now kevin you have a chance to get a well-earned victory here if you can answer this really hard question correctly kevin the year after wilt chamberlain left so the 1958 to 1959 season saw what ku player lead the team in points per game with 19 per game The year after Will left. Yes. Oh, late 50s is also not a strong spot. Um, God, I don't even know if I could hazard to guess. Um, 10 seconds. Uh, LeVan Squires. I have no idea. Oh, not a bad guess. You just toss out an old name that you know. It is Ron Lineski. Ron Lineski was the uh, leader after Wilt Chamberlain. Those are tough uh, boots to fill. All right, that's all right. Really hard or really hard for a reason. We're going to move back down to the hard round of things. Back to you, Brad, we go. Brad, in 1992, Kansas was the number one seed in the Midwest. They were upset in the second round by what nine seed? Hmm. Yeah, definitely not a uh, strong point for me, so... <laughs> Just gonna have to throw out a guess here and i'll say purdue purdue is unfortunately incorrect there is a purdue one in there that is in the uh 90s i believe that was a question the other day correct answer though is utep utep beat him in the second round in 1992 all right kevin you got another kill shot here let's see if you can take advantage of it kevin in 1990 kansas was the two seed in the east 
They were upset in the second round by what seven seed? UCLA. UCLA, you seem to know that one right off the bat. And uh, just like that, you were moving on. This was a hell of a matchup. Brad, I think you very clearly earned your way up the seed line if you join next year, which we hope you do. Um, Kevin, that is a heck of a first-round performance. So it, it sounded like you knew the UCLA one. Would you have known the UTEP one? Okay. So that Yeah, actually, working. I knew the UTEP one, and I actually knew the really hard question he got, the Howard Engelman one. Wow. But I didn't know the one I got. See, sometimes the, the random draw of the questions comes at you a little bit there. Brad, would you have known the UCLA one if you got it there in the hard round? No, I wasn't going to get that one. My knowledge pretty much goes back to the early 2000s, so I just got to tip my cap on this one. There's a lot of guys, I've, if I ran into them, I probably would have beat, but yep. I ran into a juggernaut today, so it is what it is, man. Yep, and uh, that's unfortunate, the, the part of this. It's not just the randomness of what questions you're going to get. It's the randomness of what opponent are you going to get that specific day, and you ran into, like you said, a juggernaut here with uh, Kevin coming up. Uh, but, Brad, like I said, I think you, you you should have yourself a, a little bit more favorable of a matchup should you come back next year because of this performance. That is the positive. Um, Kevin, you're going to be facing off the winner of the 413 matchup. Um, so any any thoughts, any celebrations that you're going to be uh, in ensuing tonight? Uh, no, not really. I'm just uh, glad that I was able to come back after a couple of years and get a win. So I'm looking forward to the next matchup. There you go. Well, guys, we appreciate the time. Brad, we hope to see you next year. Kevin, we'll see you in a week. Appreciate it. Congrats, Kevin. Thanks, Derek. Thank you. Well, you can't be a matchup like that to uh, kick off the day. Kevin goes 5-1 and one on questions. We get to the really hard round. Brad goes 4-2, and two, performed really well, but ran into a bit of a buzzsaw there. And Kevin is now 17-5 and five on answering trivia questions in his career. He could be dangerous in that Johnny's Tavern region in the uh, bottom right-hand region. He'll be taking on the winner of Aaron Mayer and Chris Conway, our 413 matchup that is occurring later today. Coming up next, though, we have a matchup between Skylar Johnson and Ty Rowell, two childhood friends now turned enemies in a 7-10 matchup in the Johnny's Tavern region. Once again, RCST Trivia brought to you by Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, River App, Print and Skate, our title sponsors, and we are in the Johnny's Tavern region. Did you know in 2023, Johnny's Tavern is celebrating its 70th anniversary, and that's good news for you because they'll be having all sorts of specials and deals at your local Johnny's throughout the year. Stay tuned for more details about a 70th anniversary celebration at our original location in North Lawrence, where you can be part of the neighborhood porch. Of course, there's now 13 locations of Johnny's from the Johnny's in Topeka to the ones in Lawrence to the newest stores in Raymore, Missouri. You can eat the Nuclelouche pizza, try the Buffalo chicken dip, Wilson wings, anything in between at any of the Johnny's. And you know, with the weather heating up, ice cold beer is going to sound good. It's a little bit warmer today. How about trying the blue collar lager, a beer you can only get at Johnny's that's brewed by the Free State Brewing Company. We'll be back for our second matchup of the day of RCST trivia between Skyler and Ty. Coming up next with Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to RCST Trivia on Rock Chalk Sports Talk with FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, KLWN.com, and the KLWN app, or on the Best of RCST podcast, wherever you find any of your podcasts. Back after this. Welcome back in with Nick Springer, Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN or uh, plenty other places to listen to the show as well. We continue on with RCST Trivia. Our second matchup of the day is a 7-10 battle between Skylar Johnson and Ty Rowell. This is in the Johnny's Tavern region in the bottom right. Winner of this matchup will take on Andrew Filer, who is our two-seed who advanced, I believe, last Wednesday. 
And uh, for Skyler, he's making his trivia return. He was in the first appearance of trivia and made it to the sizzling 16. Then he was in the second appearance and lost in the first round. And he has been known for quick matchups. He's gone two and two in trivia all time, but he's only answered six questions through four matchups. He's gone four and two on questions. So uh, whatever it is, it's just the curse of quickness, I guess, with uh, Skyler. He's taking on the 10 seed Ty Rowell, who lost his first trivia matchup that he's ever appeared in, lost in the easy round of questions. So he had a shorter matchup in the uh, two questions answered, but somebody's got to win today. We'll see who it is between Skyler and Ty. These are two childhood friends growing up. Um, so it should be a lot of fun getting to know them and hearing their thoughts with each other in the uh, pregame before we get into the matchup as well. Once again, RCST Trivia is brought to you by Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, River at Print and Skate, Mini Jerseys, Jayhawk Trophy, Homefield Apparel, Sporting KC2, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash. One of our title sponsors, River at Print and Skate. They are a skateboard, longboard, paddleboard shops. They have safety gear. They have a large selection of shoes and apparel from a bunch of well-known skate brands. Of course, they always help us out with their screen printing. In addition to their skate shop side, they have embroidery and promotional products available with art and logo creation. They are KU licensed, and they can help you out with custom apparel. Every year, we, we have our, our RCST trivia t-shirts and our trivia hats, and you know without them, we would be kind of screwed in that regard. So uh, nice to have somebody who can help you out with that stuff. Give them a follow on Instagram, at river underscore rat underscore print for the print shop, and at river rat skate shop for the skate side of things. You can also call them at 785-371-1660. Great if... You know, you, you, let's say you have a sports team and you want to get some custom stuff or if you have like a fantasy football or, or whatever league and you want to get custom stuff or if you're doing something like this where you're doing a competition or maybe you're, you're hosting like a charity event or a golf tournament or something and you want to have uh, whatever custom apparel or if, again, you're into skateboarding or your kid is or something, like they have a bunch of stuff that you can check out with uh, River App Print and Skate. All right, with that being said, let's get into our second trivia matchup of the day between the seven seed Skylar Johnson and the 10 seed Ty Rowell here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk and KLWN. So I've been looking forward to this one beyond just the the trivia knowledge side of things. This is uh, a fun anytime we get two you know friends who grew up together and everything going, and that's what we have here. It's a seven ten matchup. Skyler Johnson, not related to me, against Ty Rowell, who is a ten seed here. This is in the Johnny's Tavern region in the bottom right hand corner. Skyler, I, I'm going to start with you here. You're two and two all time on trivia matchups, but. I, I don't know what it is. Every matchup you have done has been like the quickest matchup ever. You've played in four trivia matchups, and you've answered a total of six questions. Like, how is that possible? How is that even a thing? <clears throat> um, I guess you could just say I have the yips. <laughs> well, you made a sizzling 16, so, I mean, it's not like it's been all bad. You've just either been bad yourself or, or made the other person bad, I guess. I, maybe there's a skill in that. Uh, Ty, meanwhile, this is your second trivia appearance. How do you feel going into your second time here today? I mean, I wanted Sky. I got what I wanted. I'm ready to take him out. The luck streak ends here, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Skyler, do, do you have any trash talking you want to do to Ty, or are you going to play it humble? Uh, I mean, Ty, I was the guy who coined the phrase, suck it, Scott. So <laughs> you, got, you got a lot of living up to do. Uh-oh. That's right. You were the one it, and then Isaac kind of took it and ran with it from there. So I guess he owes you a, a, a little bit of a, I don't know, something for, for that copyright or something like that. Uh, tell, uh, tell Isaac I want one of those T-shirts. 
Okay, okay. We'll, we'll uh, <laughs> relay that along unless he's listening to this, which I, I think he probably is. Um, Skyler, I, I was talking to Ty, and I said if, if you had to, uh, you know, I, I guess kind of predict this, if you had to uh, put a bet on this, like who would be the person that should be the betting favorite in, in Vegas, and you are the higher seed. He actually did say it was you. Would you agree with that? Should you be the betting favorite? Uh, no, no. I, I used to be a lot better, but – I, to be honest, I haven't paid as much attention as I used to, so I'd say I'd say it's time. So do, those are excuses. Do you feel like <laughs> Skyler a seven seed is is too high for you? It's about average, maybe seven, anywhere from seven to ten. So I think it equals out. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's get into the matchup. I'm excited for this one. And uh, Ty, you are the lower seed here, so you do have the option. Do you want to go first, or do you want to go second? Uh, I'll go first. Okay, Ty's going to go first, Skyler's going to go second. This is in the Johnny's Tavern region. Winner of this will take on the two seed in Andrew Filer in the second round. All right, first up for you, Ty, into the really easy questions. Name one of five Jayhawks who made a three against Arkansas in the second round of the NCAA tournament. And since it's a really easy question, your hint is that four of them were starters. I'm going to go with Grady Dick. Grady Dick is one of the correct answers, along with Kevin McCuller, Jalen Wilson, Juan Harris, and Joe Yasifu was the only non-starter. He hit that one from, like, the logo, oddly enough. All right, on to you, Skyler. Your first question in the really easy. Name one of five Jayhawks to score double digits against Howard in the first round of the 2023 NCAA tournament. And again, your hint, five of them were starters. Uh, Jalen Wilson. That's right. Jalen Wilson. Kevin McCuller, Grady Dick, Dewan Harris, and KJ Adams. All right, those were really easy for a reason. And uh, now we move on to the easy round of questions. We're going to go back to you, Ty. This is the round you lost in last time you were in trivia, Ty. So uh, yeah, pressure they on tripped me up with, a, with an easy one last right. time. So sometimes the easies contend toward medium. All right, Ty, this one for you. In KU's 2012 Sweet 16 victory, this big man donning the number zero uniform led the team in points and rebounds with 18 points and 15 rebounds. What's his name? We affectionately call him Trob, but I'm going to say it as Thomas Robinson. That's right. <laughs> I love that you uh, – we, we couldn't see this because obviously this is on radio, but uh, Ty was doing the, the flexing that we saw T-Rob do all the time. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Skyler. This is uh, where a lot of your rounds have ended, and now that Ty has had the correct answer, does that mean that it is meant to be that you're going to miss this? We'll find out. All right, Skyler, for you. <laughs> In KU's 2018 Big 12 Tournament Championship victory over West Virginia, this guard, wearing the number four uniform, led the team in assists with 13 to go with his 18 points. What's his name? Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham is correct. And look at that. We don't have a short one here. And we're moving on to the medium <laughs> round. All right. I heard him say Alex Galindo, man. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to check the tape on that, and uh, we'll get back to you there. Put that under the review process. All right. Moving up to the medium round. Ty, back to you. In the 2002 Elite Eight. Kansas defeated Oregon with this future Memphis Grizzly first-round pick, notching 18 points and 20 rebounds. Ooh. You said 2002? Yes. Oh, man. Mario? 
That is incorrect. Oh, damn. That's right. The Drew correct Gooden? answer is Drew Gooden. You don't get that. Oh, damn. You get bonus points, I guess. Some, uh, I don't know. You get something. Some pride out of that, Skyler. But unfortunately, <laughs> that's not your win. All right. Skyler, you got a chance to, to get the first round victory here and take out Ty. Skyler, for you. Kansas, in that same game, the 2002 Elite Eight against Oregon, saw this freshman slashing guard record 20 points and eight rebounds off the bench. What's his name? What year again? 2002 Elite Eight. Oh, Keith Langford. Keith Langford is correct. Big game off the bench for Big Keith. Ooh. He's going to be playing in the uh, TBT with the new KU team. And just like that, Skyler, he came through with the win. So, Ty, I guess you were correct. He should have been the betting favorite. Yeah, Skyler's the man. Uh, I think he'll do – I think he'll got another run in him. So, I'm excited to see what he does. All right. Well, Skyler, uh, you get through your friend here. Does it feel bittersweet at all? Um, no, not really. I, <laughs> uh, we're – we don't trash talk too much. Um, I, I knew the answer the second you said 2002 for, for his question. And I was like, oh, it's Drew Gooden, obviously. But <laughs> when I heard him say Mario, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Did you want this one? Yeah, I don't know over? what I was thinking. I don't know. Maybe the, the Memphis thing got in there in some way. I, I don't know. Um, so, uh, Ty, uh, I guess you're, you're rooting for Skyler now. You're, you're a Skyler fan from here on the rest of the tournament. Skyler's a brother of mine, so I will definitely be rooting for him. Awesome. Well, Skyler, congrats on moving on. Ty, thanks for joining once again. And uh, Skyler, we'll see you next week. Awesome. Thanks for Thank having us, man. Thank you, guys. And so just like that, Skyler moving on in the friend matchup between Skyler and Ty. So Skyler is uh, one win away from making his second sizzling 16. He'll have to go through Andrew Filer. That should be a fun little 2-7 matchup between the uh, two of them. I think Maybe a bit more measured approach this year from from Skyler than in uh, maybe some of the years past where he has been uh, a little more bombastic and, and trash talking a little bit more. Maybe that'll help him. Maybe it's still to come out later on in the tournament. We'll see. But he's moving on to the second round. We have one more matchup coming in the Johnny's Tavern region. It is between the four seed Aaron Mayer and the 13 seed Chris Conway. And uh, then we're going to have two more matchups coming up on Thursday and Friday's edition of RCST Trivia here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. But, uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes those those early 2000s questions, it's funny, they can be right in the wheelhouse of certain people because that's right when they grew up and started watching basketball. For other people, they might have just started watching basketball and grew up in the kind of that, that beginning of the Bill Self era, and those might be a little bit harder. Then you have the, the certain people who remember the 90s really well and, you know, um, age age is an excuse and it's also not an excuse at the same point in time like if you didn't grow up in something then obviously it's going to hurt you like that is a valid excuse at the same point in time I look at like Isaac Henderson who won it all at 19 years old and you know I look at some of the other uh, past performers who have done well at, at a young age that uh, maybe you have to study a little bit harder to make up for it which that kind of sucks but also like it's doable it's doable I guess uh, at the same point in time uh, RCST trivia is brought to you by Johnny's Tavern Pella windows and doors 23rd Street Brewery River Rat print and skate mini jerseys Jayhawk trophy homefield apparel sporting KC2 McDonald's and Mr. D's auto wash one more trivia matchup to come today we'll get to that on the other side between Aaron Mayer and Chris Conway this is RCST trivia on Rock Chalk Sports Talk on the best of RCST podcast or on KLWN depending on it 
So our third and final trivia matchup of the day will feature a 4-13 between Aaron Mayer and Chris Conway. Aaron comes in. He is 3-2 and two on a basketball trivia. 16-3, and three, though, on questions. He has one sizzling 16, I think was uh, from last year. This is, again, in the Johnny's Tavern region. And he is facing the 13 seed Chris Conway, who's gone 1-2 and two on trivia advancement so far. He's 6-4 and four on questions. The winner of this will take on Kevin Jacob, who looked really good going 5-1 and one on questions in his uh, matchup earlier today. But Aaron is somebody who I'm pegging as somebody who can go deep in this tournament. Now, after seeing what Kevin did, man, that, that matchup possibly between Aaron and Kevin that we could get in the second round if that's what we get, I mean, that could be as good as a sizzling 16 or a grade 8 matchup. But uh, uh, let's see if Aaron can get it kickstarted or if Chris can be the, uh, the underdog here. Yeah, I was looking at the bracket and all three of our other 413 matchups, I think, were really, really good or close matchups. Mm -hmm. right? We had the Brian versus Garrett matchup that went to the really hard that Garrett could have easily won. Mitch, the 13th seed, won in the 413 matchup in uh, whichever region that was. The Pelowin. Pelowin. Top right, region. yeah. And then the other 413 was Sam Oliver, which I think that one still ended up going to like medium or hard, I think. So. All the other four thirteen matchups have been really good matchups. So this is another one where on paper it doesn't it's not sexy. It doesn't jump out at you, but could be a good one. Yeah, I think absolutely the case. So uh should be fun catching up. Aaron's been a mainstay in trivia between basketball and football where he did really well as well. But uh, you know, never discount those thirteen seeds as you were kind of uh, alluding to there. Once again, our CST trivia is brought to you by Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, Twenty Third Street Brewery, River Rat Print and Skate, Mini Jerseys, Jayhawk Trophy, Home Field Apparel, Sporting KC Two, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash. One of our title sponsors, Twenty Third Street Brewery. Check them out. Great spot to watch all of the action going on right now. I've been watching a lot of NHL playoffs. I've been watching some of the NBA playoffs. You can check that out there. You can check them out for any of the upcoming events once we get back to the fall. High school football. KU football, KU basketball, all that stuff. You can check out the patio right now, too. Perfect for the heating up weather. Bring your dog out there. We've got great service, great beer, absolute classics on the menu from even the simple things like the chicken strips to the more complex things like the Piper's Pipe and Hot Pasta or, you know, the classic Bill Self Mac and Cheese Fitzgerald Rubin. Check them out in Lawrence with 23rd Street Brewery. All right, let's get into our third and final matchup of the day between Aaron and Chris. So it's a 4-13 between Aaron and Chris and uh, Aaron you made a sizzling 16 you did well in the football edition of this event um, you've gone 16 and 3 on questions which normally that'd be good enough to, to maybe even go further than that sizzling 16 but here you're back this season and I, I know you were kind of on the fence of whether you were going to join or not this year so what went into that decision for you of, of overall deciding to, to re-enter uh, my wife actually convinced me I've been pretty busy just with life you know i had a bought a new house had a had a baby in december shout out monica um work's been crazy so i just i didn't feel like i could make time for this but it's too much fun to pass up on so i'm glad i did it we love hearing that and uh you know we brought this up with with uh ben who has a, a newborn baby and he advanced to the second round last year tyler had a newborn baby and made his way to the championship so who knows maybe that is the uh, kiss of good luck there chris meanwhile you're making your third appearance in trivia you have one first round advancement. You're looking for your second here. Um, what are your thoughts headed into year number three? Are you doing anything different this year? No, nothing different. Um, just been, uh, you know, not really studying. So hopefully, the, I don't know. My memory serves me well. But uh, yeah, I wasn't gonna, wasn't planning to join as well. But um, Alec Vobach talked me into it. Shout out to him. 
I'm waiting for for Alec to to join this thing. We've had his brother Tate, who unfortunately was on vacation and missed the registration. He's he's an alternate, which we haven't gotten to yet. Uh, he was, I think, third on the alternate list. And um, I, I'm waiting for Alec to join his his, his brother, I believe. Uh, but I don't know. Anyway, so so Chris, um, I, I guess uh, here in year three, do, is there any like question or past matchup that you remember most where you're like that question sticks in my mind? Uh, probably last year when I lost on a uh, question, the answer was Terry Brown. I forget what the exact question was, um, but I, I said it was before my time. And uh, Tate and Alec have not let me live that statement down for the last year. <laughs> I love that. Love that. Well, Aaron, meanwhile, um, you are a four seed here. Do you feel like you're properly seated? Do you feel like you're underseated at all? Yeah, that's about right. I was a five seed last year, made the sizzling 16. So that's fine with me. All right. Cool. Well, uh, let's get into the matchup then. Chris, you are the lower seed, so you have the option here. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? I'll go second. Okay. So that means, Aaron, you're going to be the first one to go here in our final trivia matchup of the day. This is the Johnny's Tavern region winner. We'll take on the five seed, Kevin Jacob. First to you, Aaron. Into the really easy round we go. Name a Kansas player who started a game this season. Jalen Wilson. Jalen Wilson. Started lots of games this season. Uh, the Any of the answers that, well, you could have gone with the normal guys who started and then uh, the one player who normally didn't start, they got one start, was Joe Yesifu. Okay, Chris Conway, this one for you. Your first question. Name a Kansas player who did not start a game this season. Zuby Edgefor. That's right. Zuby did not start a game. Again, the only bench guy who did was Joe Yesifu. Otherwise, it was the same starting five. Joe only came in there because of uh, injury for Kevin McCuller. All right, really easy ones are done. We move back to you, Aaron, into the easy column. This Jayhawk wing was taken by the Boston Celtics with the 10th overall pick in the 1998 NBA draft and won a title with the team in 2008. What's his name? I rifle friends. No, unfortunately. Oh. Yep. Oh, I overthought that. Oh my god. You know what you did there. The keyword. Yes, I did. Yep. Oh my. I saw a picture of him in a Boston Celtics jersey this morning, and I—he's just the first one that came to mind. Dang it. Yeah. The keyword there was Jayhawk wing, obviously, and then yeah, winning the title in 08 with the Celtics. All right, Chris, you got a chance to pull this uh, first round upset here, Chris. This Jayhawk forward was taken by the Miami Heat with the 29th overall pick in the 2005 NBA draft and won a title with the team in 2006. What's his name? Wayne Simeon. That is right, Wayne Simeon. And just like that, the matchup is over. Chris, you're moving on to the second round here. Do you you feel a little bit of redemption for last year? I do, yes. Finally made it back out of the first round, so it's always exciting. Um, but yes, a little bit of redemption. Still got ways to go. Aaron, uh, we, we were talking, I, I mean, you, you mentioned it on air about life's been busy and, you know, work and the baby and everything. We were talking off air and you said today has been an even extra busy, hectic day. Um, do you think that got to you today? I, I feel like it did. Uh, maybe. I, like I said, I was looking up Jersey numbers and I, I, I just Googled a, uh, Ray LaFrance pictures and I saw him in a Celtics jersey and I don't know why I forgot about Paul Pierce. I just I immediately said what came to mind right away and that was that was it, Rafe. So it's 
that was tough. Well, we hope we get we get you back for football. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if life will be any less busier by that point in time. But at the worst case, we hope we get you back next year for this event. We we know you'll still be a high enough seed from everything that you've accrued over your couple years in trivia. But uh, we're unfortunate that the, the, the way you went out today, uh, Chris. Meanwhile, you are moving on to round two. Would you Would you like to share any words of I don't know trash talk, or are you going to play it humble? Anything you want to say to Alec or Tate? Um, nothing to Alec and, and Tate, um, but Aaron, uh, best luck to you. Congratulations on the uh, baby. That's exciting. Um, Thank you. Just, uh, yeah, hope everything's well. And Aaron, I, I saw you had the uh, tumbler that you got <laughs> from RCST Trivia and Football, I believe. Um, do you have a favorite pl- prize that, that you've accrued? Maybe it's that one. Maybe that's the one you get the most use out of from your, your time. Yeah. I drink out of that almost every day. So that's, that's probably my favorite. <laughs> the, the gift cards are pretty nice too. And I wear the t-shirt a lot as well. So, I was looking forward to more prizes, but I got I got plenty, and I'm going to try to get some more during football. So, well, there we go. Well, uh, all right, Chris, you're moving on. Congrats, guys. Aaron, thanks. We'll see you soon. Chris, we'll see you next week. Appreciate it. Y'all have a good one. Luck, Chris. Man, that's tough. Um, I always enjoy having Aaron on. He's a really fun contestant to have. Knows his stuff. Clearly, he's done really well in football and basketball. I know he didn't make any excuses there. I'm going to make the excuse for him. I I just know he had a lot going on, and uh, I think that maybe fogged his mind a little bit there. Again, he said he maybe quickly just did it too quick, and that's where the timer does come in, where use your 30 seconds, right? Make sure that you're you're thinking of the right name there. Um, But good win for Chris, man. That's a real good win for Chris, pulling that upset. So we get yet another upset in the trivia tournament of upsets. Yes, another 13 gets a win. And, uh, and yeah, you feel bad for Aaron on that one. But, yeah, that's definitely a question. And I think sometimes with the easy questions, even more so, like some people will maybe try to overthink it a little bit too much, right? Like if it's an easy question, it's it's easy for a reason, right? Like it's going to be a more well-known or a more, you know, popular, so to speak, uh, something that you might remember, right? Whereas, like, you know, maybe if you ask that question in the hard category, I can understand trying to think of something a little more off the beaten path because you're like, okay, well, I don't want to go for the obvious answer here. Right. But, like, you know, for the easy questions, that that's tough. But, but yeah, you, you definitely feel bad about going out on, on one like that just because, you know, and like you said, it could have been, been as simple as he was looking up jersey numbers and the first guy he saw on his health jersey was Ray for France and then, boom, that jumped to straight to the top of his mind and that kind of, overshadowed everything else that from the question right so yeah it's disappointing and you know every year you every year in the real NCAA tournament you have some guy you have some teams that maybe come in and aren't as locked in as they might normally be and that kind of cost them a little bit and here with Aaron you know maybe some outside stuff affected him there and and hurt him a little bit but certainly it doesn't take away from his track record certainly it doesn't take away from the fact that he's been a great competitor in this tournament and certainly hopefully that this doesn't deter him from returning in future years because he's a guy that you you had picked you had suggested he could make a deep run in this year's tournament and I think if he comes back next year he'll definitely have the same chance. Yeah, I have a secret bracket that I don't know that I've really publicized much. I don't, and I, yeah, I don't think you really talked about it. At I, all. I don't want to publicize too much. I don't want to say like you're supposed to be. Yeah, impartial. Yeah. So I don't want to say who I picked and everything. And to be <laughs> clear, like I don't I'm not winning anything. It's just for me to see. I just want to see how like I do. I'll say this: I had Aaron in the phenomenal four. Um, yeah. So that is a very big win for Chris. But I mean, the way that Kevin performed earlier today. I, the way that, you know, Justin has looked so far. Like, I don't know, Jess is a tough nine seed, too. Uh, ben Wilson looked really good in the first round. Ryan Goodwin's been good in the past, but he kind of has been down on himself this year. Like, Andrew Filer. Andrew, yeah. Uh, 
there's a lot of good contestants in this uh, Johnny's Tavern region. That yes, yeah, so I think yeah. Just looking at it, the Johnny's Tavern region is now the only region we have officially everyone. The second round matchups are all set. Yeah, right? that's true. So it's Justin N versus Jess. Uh, the one nine, the thirteen five is Chris who just won against Kevin who won earlier today. Then you have the six versus the three, Ben W versus Ryan Goodwin, and then the seven versus the two, Andrew versus Skyler. So all those matchups are set. So now you have a chance to pick who might be through the sizzling 16 at this point. Do you want to pick? Mm. I won't, but... I think in the top half, I'll go with Justin. And I, I do think Kevin was pretty strong. I'll go with Kevin. In the bottom half, I'll go... Mm, I don't know. I, I think I think Ryan keeps downplaying himself, but I think he's going to make the sizzling 16. I'll go with Ryan. And then I think Andrew, right? I, I think... We've talked about all the upsets and stuff, but this region to me is the region that could most likely end up with like the one, the two, the three, and the five advancing. So kind of more, more chalk, more of the top bit. guys. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely possible. Um, I'm I'm excited. That, that's a fun little. Re- all, all of the regions are, are fun, and that's for sure. Yes. Uh, tomorrow. The two matchups we have are going to be in the River at Print and Skate region. So we'll actually have that one finished out tomorrow. And then there's one left in the 23rd Street Brewery region and the Pella Windows and Doors region. Uh, the two matchups that we'll have tomorrow are the five seed Samuel Davis against the 12 seed Dalton Kane, and then the six seed Zach Zach McKellops against the 11 seed GJ Amelia. And Dalton is a he's been a board operator for us. That's right. Station. So I we, don't know if that gives him any insider info or not. Well, you know what's funny? So okay, so we had it. We had it. <laughs> I I don't know if you I, I can't remember if I've told you this story or not. Um. But okay, so so Sam Samuel Davis, who is the five seed here, he's been a trivia mainstay. He's been in all three editions. Yep. He's, he's done eleven and three on questions. Unfortunately, he he's every question he's missed has led to a loss. He's had some unfortunate matchups that haven't gone his way. But he clearly knows his stuff and everything. Yeah. So we had an intern at one point at our show whose name was Sam Davis, mm. and so. I don't know, maybe a year or two after he interned was when we started the trivia tournament. And this kid reached out to join. And we saw Sam Davis. And we were like, oh, it's him. You know? It's somebody else? So we we the first year we did it, we did it by phone. So it wasn't Zoom. We didn't see the person. Okay. So when we introduced him, we introduced him as like former RCST intern and all this stuff. And he didn't deny any of it. He just like rolled with the punches. <laughs> As if we like created this alternative identity for him, and it turns. So then the next year we go by Zoom and we're like, "Wait, you're Sam Davis? That's a different Sam Davis than we had interning here." And we were asking him about it. We were like, "Why didn't you correct us?" And he was like, "Ah, it's just like whatever. I don't care." So that's just kind of a funny story because then you have Sam Davis, not RCST not intern, intern Sam Davis, against the 12 seed Dalton Kane, who we uh, so. We had a kid who started working for us, uh, doing some board op stuff, you know, running switches and stuff behind the and we didn't the scenes know. and stuff. And we didn't know. We knew his name was Dalton. Yes. But I, I didn't know his last name. And I we have another first name. We have Dalton. another Dalton in the tournament. We do, anyway. yeah. So we it's have, like we didn't really think exactly. much of it. Yeah. Dalton Jasper, who uh, lost to Paul in the first round here, and then Dalton Kane here in the yes. same region. And I didn't even put two and two together that they could be the same person. It is. So, yes. like, we have the opposite <laughs> of that story of, like, not knowing that it's somebody. True, who, yeah. Uh, so we have the guy who you thought worked here but didn't yes. versus the guy who worked here but you didn't know. Yes, exactly. So just kind of funny there. Uh, kind of funny there. Does, uh, that, does that speak bad on us that we don't know <laughs> who uh, who the last names of or whatever? We don't know people that, that work here? Well, I mean, so I, I have the occasional interaction with Dalton. He 
you know, works part time here and stuff. So I'll see him every now and then. But yeah. I don't know what what normal re- like when you're introducing someone. I guess like there are some people who introduce themselves with their full name and that makes you feel super fancy and official. But like for the most part, it's just like, hey, yeah, I'm Derek. Hey, 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 I'm Dalton. You know, I'm so I, I don't know. Yeah. I no, guess. that's true. I that's guess fair. I could have looked at like the, the work roster, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So we'll have those two tomorrow. And then the two matchups we're going to have on Friday are Kyle Martin versus Spencer Pozek and then Andrew Wymore versus Kristen Martin. And then we'll be done with the first round. We'll be on to the second round from there, and that's when things really get intense. Sometimes the first round is the weeding out. Um, We will continue to do really easy questions into the second round, but then once we get to the sizzling 16, we'll stop doing really easy questions and we'll go straight to the easy round. I I think that makes sense. And honestly, I mean, I'm I'm very excited for it because we've had some really, really exciting matchups in the first round, and now we're going to get into more of the more tougher matchups and so what i think the the quality of the of the competitiveness can only go up from here right yep all right once again rcst trivia brought to you by johnny's tavern pella windows and doors 23rd street brewery river at print and skate mini jerseys jayhawk trophy home field apparel sporting kc2 mcdonald's and mr d's auto wash that'll do it for today's editions of rcst trivia we got a ku mailbag coming at you in the five o'clock hour here we uh also are going to get to some uh, kevin mcculler stuff uh nick's going to be out at high school sports weekly at burgers by biggs from six to seven tonight two hours down one to go this is rock chalk sports talk you're listening on fm 1017 and 1320 klwn depend on it five o'clock hour you're listening to rock chalk sports talk on klwn with nick springer i'm Derek johnson we are uh gonna scoot over to high school sports weekly at burgers by biggs from six to seven tonight over on the corner of sixth and or not sixth excuse me wakarusa and bob billings so going out to wakarusa and bob billings for burgers by biggs tonight with high school sports weekly but it is that time we get to our ku mailbag this week on rcst and first up a question from Steve. Who makes more threes this season? This next season? KJ Adams plus Kyle Cuff plus <laughs> Ernest Uday plus Zuby Edgefer or Seth Keller? So this is a cross-sport question. Seth Keller, the kicker for the KU football team, who might start, might not. Okay. So here's, I think there's something very important to, to clarify on this question. This does not include extra points. Right, because he says three. Yeah, it's just three. Yeah, so, so field this goals. needs to be field goals made. Mm-hmm. So let's say Seth Keller makes what, ten field goals? Is that a fair amount? You think? That seems less? low. You what think did? That's low? Uh, what did you think they make last low? year? I mean, ideally, it's, well, I don't it's know a good number because that means they didn't take a ton. I don't um, know how many they attempted last year versus I don't know. made. Off, off the top of my head, I think ten sounds about right. I mean, that's almost one per game. Yeah, I guess. I think ideally, obviously, the less, the better. But, like, there's probably a lot of games in there that they kicked multiple. All right, so from last uh, year, okay. Jacob Borchilla went, wow, he only made seven. <laughs> he attempted 13. But also okay. keep in mind that's because Jacob Borchilla struggled, and so a lot of times KU was kind of forced with going for it, right? So maybe sure. they attempt a little bit more with Seth Keller. Okay, so... But also O&P went one for one. So as a team, they went 8 of 14. Okay, so they made 8. So let's so say let's this say next they, year... If they attempt 14 again this year and Seth Keller makes 12 of them. Okay. How about that? Okay, so one or again. 11. So yeah, you're right. 11 or 12. Yeah, okay. Okay. KJ Adams, how many threes is he making? Zero? He only attempted one. This past, no, I think attempted two. two. He was two. 0 for 2. Yes. One of them was a half Will he attempt them. a couple more this next season? Will he hit one? That's the thing. I, zero. Okay. Next one. 
I think the Kyle over-under Cuff. would be 0.5. I've already decided that. zero. Next, Kyle Cuff. <laughs> he's probably not going to play that very many minutes, assuming he's on the team still. He could get some garbage time threes. So we'll give him... Two. Two? Okay. Two. I'm going to say one for KJ. I'm saying what zero for worth. KJ. Okay. Ernest, how many is he making? Uh, did he even the answer any? is zero. But I don't like, think he attempted it. No. Okay, like, zero. what if I guess he makes a half court shot or something? Okay, we'll give him one. Zuby Edgeford. Probably zero. I feel like also. I would just say one between Ernest and Zuby, and that would probably be zero. But just under the idea that okay. it could be half court shot. So then know. we're taking Seth Most Keller. Likely zero. Because we just we just mathed it out. Yeah. Seth Keller makes eleven field goals. Any chance though that KJ develops any sort of a three point game? Because <laughs> okay, KJ, but even uh, even under that assumption. For, for the purpose of this discussion, he would have to make at least five threes to even make more than Or what Seth if Keller. Kyle Cuff, like, cracks the rotation? Let's say, if we're saying Kyle Cuff makes five threes, mm-hmm. Ernest and Zuby combined for one. That's six. Okay. That means KJ needs to make at least six threes this season. He only attempted two last season, and he was 0 for But 0 now, for. that was when he was a center. Now he has to move toward more of the four position. He works on it all summer. He shoots 25% on threes. He goes 7 of 28 for the season. Takes under one attempt per game. Makes if one KJ every like five, six games. If KJ threes this season, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> really, unless he's just Steph Curry all of a sudden. No. Yeah, I think the answer is Seth, Seth Keller. Keller. Seth Keller. Yes, yes, I think so. Yes. Okay, this one from Doug. Why is Bill Self bringing on Artario Morris when he's kicked guys off the team with bad stuff in the past like Vic Green, etc.? Well... That's kind of the question of the day for some people, Doug. Uh, I think at this point, it's more of like, a, I guess, from the KU perspective, you could argue it a couple different ways. Like, it's sort of the clean slate thing. Like, oh, it didn't happen under our watch, so we're willing to give him a second chance. You know, we did our research or whatever. We've heard from some of our guests over the course of the past couple weeks about, you know, maybe they were privy to some more information regarding talking to Arturio Morris himself talking to his family, maybe doing some extra work with what went on off the court and stuff. So I guess that would be like the political answer, the answer that that you would want from KU. Uh, You know, if that may not be good enough for some people, I don't think it's good enough for you, Derek, but I guess that's kind of what you have to go with uh, because you're right. We talked about this earlier in the week, actually, about Bill Self and his track record with guys on past teams, regardless of talent, who... He's not, he has shown that he's not afraid to, to discipline or remove them from the team. So, again, you can look at that one of two ways. You can look at it either as, okay, that's some reassurance because that means that Bill Self probably understands the situation. He's done his due diligence. He's maybe done some extra legwork on this, and he understands what's what he's doing by bringing him in. Or if you wanted to take the more uh, jaded look, you could say, well, maybe Bill Self is kind of lost his morals a little bit and is just looking for all-out talent. And this in this era now that we've entered into with the transfer portal and everything being ultra-competitive, maybe it's just like, you know what? Give me the best talent. We'll deal with the rest of the stuff later. I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of however you want to look at it at this point. Obviously, there's going to be some more stuff coming out later this summer because he actually has a trial date coming up. So that will either clear things up or potentially muddy them up even further for KU. But I guess that's what you have to go with. It's like a clean slate, second chance type thing. Yeah, I think that's part of it. Uh, part of it, not doing something under your watch. I think part of it is with Vic and Green, for instance. Now, I, I don't, I'm not privy enough with like the J.R. Giddon stuff, but that was like, I, I don't know. Well, with the Vic and Green stuff, it wasn't something off the court like this. Although with Vic, there was the, the alleged stuff. Uh, but um, I think there was a lot that went into that. Like, I don't think it was just like one thing with Vic or Green that eventually led to them 
you know, leaving the team. There was a bunch of stuff that kind of piled up, and that hasn't happened with Artario Morris. So if that stuff piles up, and then it also leads to, you know, as a, um, like affecting it on the court too, where Bill Self feels like it's they're clashing heads in, in terms of the on the court stuff too. I think that's what's kind of led to that stuff. Um, I, I think, yeah, KU is going to play the political game of like, hey, he got cleared in court. Like, what are we supposed to know about it? And um, everybody's going to make the assumption that, well, Bill Self should know more than we do. They've got to talk to the player. And, yeah. and so if he's fine with it, then I'm fine with it. To it's me, just I, like, that's tough to say, but it is. It is. Uh, to me, I kind of view that as like, it's basically that's a fan's way of being able to say, well, I can now root for something that, like, I don't agree with what happened off the court, but that basically puts me off the hook so that I'm putting all the blame on one guy to take it on. I guess my thing would be, and, and I don't know, we'll hear from Bill Self, I'm sure, at some point, but um, is, you know, do do they talk to just Arteria Morris and his camp? Do they get the full story? Or do they talk to the police, too? Do they talk to the other party? Do they talk to other people that, that could be sources to talk to about this? I, I don't have the answer to that. Um you know my stance on this. I'm yeah. not a fan of them bringing him on, so I, I don't have your total answer here. I think the short answer is just he's going to help them win basketball games. So, yeah. Uh, this one from Graydon. Which new Big 12 school will be the one whose home crowd will make for the toughest game? So okay. I think the obvious answer here is Houston. Are we talking about basketball? I would assume or this about- was for basketball. Okay, basketball. Yeah, I guess we need to clarify that first. Basketball. I, I mean, we can go both if you want. I okay. think football. I think for football, BYU. it would be either BYU or maybe UCF because they have the bounce house. They do like yeah. crazy stuff at UCF. I was just thinking BYU because it's not just the they have good fan attendance and it's a, a good crowd. I mean, you saw Baylor go there on like a Saturday night and that was tough. Yeah. It's also the fact that most likely if you're playing at BYU, it could be a later game than you're used to, True. and it's at altitude. True. So like yeah. you have a lot going with yeah. you there. Um, yeah, I think in football, either BYU or UCF. Yeah. I think Houston's in, was not very lively when Kansas no, went down. No, not in football. But I think in basketball, they yes. would be. They would have Just the because best. they're really good right now, yes. right? And also, what's the one thing that's common with KU basketball is that opposing fans sure. always show up whenever KU's in town. Yeah, Houston regardless. right now will be the toughest just because they're a good team. Yes. I think if you're just talking pure environment, though, it might be. I don't know. Cincinnati, they'll, they'll get. I, I think they get after it when they're interested in basketball. Which, to your point, they would be for that game. I, I almost might go BYU again. Really? They get a loud you, you crowd. The, they get you into it. You think the it. Mormons are just? They just? They just get loud. <laughs> What's so funny about that? Why are you laughing? Just the way you said it. What? Oh my god. What is so funny about that? It's, I, it's, it, I'm not. It's not a. I'm, well, I don't. I'm, I'm. I don't understand. It's just the way you said it. It's just the way you said it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. That would probably be the pick for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this one from Anthony. Uh, playoff hockey or NBA playoffs? Okay. In the not the finals, I'm going playoff hockey. I think it's more fun. I think it's more fun to watch. So I've actually been- dude, in the NBA playoffs, man, especially in the earlier rounds, which I guess it hasn't really been as much the case this year, but dude, in the earlier rounds, it'll be like, I mean, I'm supposed to get excited for game two. Milwaukee versus the Heat in a 1-8 series. Like, I'm, I'm supposed to be excited for that. Like, no, dude. Like, no. I just... No. I, I do think there's been more parity this year in the NBA playoffs than we're there used has to, been. right? But yeah. even still, like, how many times do we see it in the playoffs where over the course of right. a seven-game series, let's say the series goes seven games, you might only have, like, two games that are within 10 points. Yeah. You know? Um, 
Whereas that happens a lot more often in the NHL. So like in the NHL, the Bruins actually broke the points record. They were the number yes. one seed. And then they lost to Florida. They lost in the first round. They were up three to one in the yes. series too, and they were up three to yes. two with like a minute left and in like, game seven. With playoff hockey, like the overtime is really fun. Like anytime you have a game in overtime. And listen, I like I just love watching games where like you can tell fans are passionate and whatnot. Like watching a playoff hockey game where it's like in Canada, like Toronto or something, where they're just like they are literally psychopaths for that stuff. Like, to me, that's like, it's cool. It's a cool environment. Like, people go nuts. Like, I think it's, I, I don't know. I, I Non-finals, I would probably be more willing to watch, be more likely to watch, like, a, a an NHL game than in the NBA. Now, once you get to the finals, maybe I would watch the NBA at that point. But So, I'm a, I'm a Denver Nuggets fan. I've watched all the Nuggets playoffs games. For the other NBA playoff games, though, I've watched bits and pieces. Like, I'll, I'll watch, okay, I'm, I'm just interested in watching the Warriors play the Kings tonight or something like that. Yes. Uh, but for the most part, most of the other NBA playoff games have been like, I'll watch bits and pieces, or it's like, oh, it's a close game, like, I'll turn it on. I've watched a good amount of the hockey so far. Like, yes. I've, I've watched a lot of games. My wife's actually gotten into it. She is now... She she we I took her to a KUMU uh, one of the the hockey games the club games a couple oh, years yeah. ago it was her yeah. first hockey game she was like I love this and then she's like but I need a, a a hockey team so then the Kraken ended up being a new team and she's like well perfect I'll just be a Kraken fan so oh, she's go. watched every hockey game that's been fun watching with her and some of the other games I've, I've had a ton of fun so honestly I think my answer would be playoff hockey right now um, just in terms of the totality of it yeah uh, from Kevin what would be the worst haircut you could have okay I have two questions two interpretations of yes. this. My first interpretation is, is it what is the worst haircut that I think in general? Or is it what is the worst haircut that I could make for myself? Yeah, I think those are the two that I had. Uh, Let's go with the second one. Worst haircut you can make for yourself? That you can make for yourself, for you specifically. I think I would look terrible with like a mullet. (laughs) A lot of people would. Horrible. I don't, I don't think know. I would look good, like, okay, but like I, I would, I think I would could cover it up a little. I, w- I wear hats a good amount of time. See, I don't wear a lot of hats, mm-hmm. so with me, it's it's out there. Now, I think for me, when I was a kid, I had a really, really, really terrible cowlick in the back of my head, <laughs> to where like if you see pictures of me when I was like eight, nine, ten years old, I have like hairs, like I look like a peacock. I got hair sticking <laughs> literally straight out of the back of my head, straight up. So I grew my hair out really, really long when I was in like. Around the start of middle school, like fifth, sixth grade. Like how long? Are we talking your shoulders? Like, it, well, okay. So here's the deal with that: the way my hair works, or at least the way I've tried to see it work, is that it'll just grow to like a certain length, and then it just keeps getting thicker. It stops <laughs> getting longer. It just keeps getting thicker. You see okay. what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like I can't, I can't do like, like no, I didn't, get, it didn't get to my shoulders. It just got down. And like my hair, my hair is pretty long right now. Like people can't see me, but my hair is pretty long right now. I need a haircut. But yeah, like I tried to grow it out and it just, it didn't grow out. It just kept getting like, like I had a mop, mm-hmm. like a really thick mop on my head. It was ridiculous, but I got rid of the cowlick. So I guess that's good. Huh, I guess that is. Cause that, I guess I didn't know this at the time, but that's the way you get rid of it. I went like my, the person that, or whoever cut my hair when I was a kid was like, yeah, if you let it grow out, that tends to help mitigate if you have bad calic situations. I guess so. Um, I think for me, I don't think I would look good bald. I don't know why. I would look terrible bald. Uh, but here's the deal with being bald. I think everybody who has hair, if you ask them, would you look good bald? They all say no. Have you ever true. met anybody who said who was not bald that was like, you know, I think I would look good bald? Because if you think yeah. you would look good bald, you would just be bald. That's true. Right? I would look pretty horrible with a mohawk, but I mean, again, that's kind of one where you have to be very specific. You have to kind of be like, I don't know, you have to be a punk to be in that, right? Like, I don't know. That, uh, 
Ooh, what else? What else? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, um, of course, there's certain have you had, like a bowl cut or look anything weird with. Yeah, bowl cut, I guess. But like, I don't Would think you look weird with that. Uh, probably, but I think everybody. Or like, you know, like, like, I don't know, most people. What about do. like a, you know, like a fade or something? You think it'd look good with that? Like, no, if you went I, really, really short and then like. Yeah, I think like it'd be fine. Long on the top or something or something ridiculous. I think it'd be fine with like that. that. Uh, there's certain hairs that like I can't grow. Like I can't grow an afro, but that would probably look weird on me, right? <laughs> Imagine me with an afro. Yes, you would That'd look odd. Weird. I can't grow an afro. I don't know. No. Um, what about again, like a high top? Would I look weird with a high top? Probably. Maybe. I actually, I could see you with you that. You see me pulling that off? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, not now, but maybe when you're <laughs> <Not> older. <now. laughs> maybe when you're older, you could pull it off. Okay. That's because that's the kind of hair my dad. Oh, the kind braided of hair. hair. That's braided the, hair. I would look so stupid. My my dad has like a, cornrows. Has a top. He has he has like a okay. flat top. It's like. He's I'm had thinking that, like a big flat he's, top. He's though. had the same hair. My dad's had the same haircut for my entire life. Flat top. No, I think the answer for me, cornrows. <laughs> yeah. That would be bad. That would be bad for sure. Um, last one, Scott. Um, what? Specifically for noted Yu-Gi-Oh fan at Nick Springer 29. Oh. Is Yugi from Yu-Gi-Oh actually bad at the game because he's always one card away from losing? Okay. If you knew the lore of the show, you would know the answer to this question. There's two parts to this question. Okay. The first part is if you knew Yugi... The regular kid is not very good. It's the it's his alter ego that he gets from the Millennium Puzzle that makes that that's like the that's like the guy that's really good. So just on his own, no, he's not very good. But then the other part of him comes in and is like, you know, the alter ego, or whatever, from the from the Millennium Puzzle. You would know this if you watch the show. The second part is if you knew this, the alter ego from Millennium Puzzle is a like a gambler, like a gambling person. What do gamblers do? They take risks. They put themselves in risky situations. So that's why he's always like that. I actually think it's what it is is like the gambler ego of him is like so good that he just toys with his opponents and intentionally gets to situations where like he might lose, but he never loses. See, I See think what, what what's being described here is the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings what? won every game off the the skin of their teeth last year, but then they would get blown out when they would lose. Well, they didn't win the Super Bowl either. Yeah, exactly. So So yeah. in the long run, if you keep winning by luck, like, by like small margins, like it's going to come back to haunt you. I feel like you. you're deflecting because you didn't watch Yu-Gi-Oh. No, I watched Yu-Gi-Oh some as a kid. Um, but I'm just, I am I mean, it's been a while. I'm just saying, if you keep winning in general, if you keep winning close games, you're maybe not that good. No, if you keep winning close games, you're because you're so good that you don't like you. You just intentionally. I think he's the Minnesota Vikings. You can easily beat every team by 100 points. Games. I don't and know. instead... You were like to make things interesting for yourself, so you mm-hmm. don't get bored. You I you disagree. mess around and you let them stay in no, it. That's and a then clear indication. You always you always know you're gonna win those. No, so then, bam! I'll go a step. Then you play I'll go a step further. Then you play the dark magician card mm-hmm. and bam, you win. I'll go a step further. He sucks. <laughs> All luck. All luck. He was uh, he was okay. Providence. He was Providence. Remember, they were like number yeah. one in luck rating. Yep. Pump. Yep. Number one in uh, luck rating. All right. That Scott is Scott would uh, know the answer to that question if you watched the show. Fake fan. <laughs> that is Ku Mailbag. He is. Uh, should we rename it RCST Mailbag? I think we probably should. It's not always uh, Ku. That's yeah. Kind of. I don't know. But confusing. I think, misleading. I think Ku Mailbag flows off the tongue better than RCST, than RCST mailbag. mailbag. Okay. Whatever. Or we could, why don't we just why don't we just mailbag. say Mailbag? <laughs> I don't like that. You don't it's like Mailbag? Short. It's too short. Okay. We'll toy with it. Mm, okay. 
Uh, he's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Thanks for listening to the Best of RCST podcast. And a reminder, you can catch our show Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 live on KLWN in Lawrence, 101.7 FM, 1320 AM, or anywhere you're online at KLWN.com or the KLWN app. Thanks for listening.